Welcome to the McDark Horror Series. Lights out. Good. Here we go. The town of Brightwood is not really much of a town. Hell, the most modern thing about it is the IHOP on 23rd Street. And even that place looks like it was taken out of a 60s magazine. It's not that companies and developers haven't tried to move in on the territory. The woods surrounding the town provide exquisite scenery, and the lumber is definitely abundant. But any business that tries to move in often moves out. I like to think of Brightwood as a trap of sorts, the kind used to catch raccoons or possums. Looks nice and inviting from the outside. Quaint little houses and hotels, warm country-style cooking, and nature literally all around. But once you step in, snap. That metal door swings shut behind and there's no way out. Because of this, our population has stayed at a steady 1,483 since, well, forever. Sure, people die. Houses open up. Then some sorry bastard moves right in and snap another trapped animal. The reason people can't leave is a creature that a lot of folks refer to as the Brightwood Demon. Back in the settling days, the sorry family that settled this valley pitched their tent right here in Brightwood. Supposedly, according to local legend, the creature didn't start attacking until the town reached a certain size. Then, we were invading its territory. Started out with a couple of barnyard animal carcasses, torn to shreds and left strewn out in the fields. It was a sport kill, as no intestines, blood, or meat was missing from the things. Then the killings were upgraded to people. Lumberjacks, hikers, tourists, you name it. And the thing killed it. Some say you could even be out back in your garden and the thing would snatch you. It always left the bodies out for display, and it was never seen by anyone still alive. Anyone other than me, of course. I've been the sheriff since 1989 after my father passed. We only have a few of us on the force, me, Stephen, and Brandon. Stephen mostly handles calls and dispatch. Brandon was still wet around the ears, but had heart. Then there was me, who was basically born for this job. As far back as our history books go, a Washington was always sheriff, going down the generations as the centuries pass, finally ending on me. I won't complain, though. I probably see the most excitement out of anybody in town. The excitement being a few drunken brawls here, a domestic dispute there, and of course, teenage vandalism. I can't recall ever having to lock someone up for more than a night, though. People in Brightwood kept to themselves. More concerning matters to contemplate than if your neighbor was dumping their garbage in your bin. It all started with the call. It came in around 10.36 p.m. Brian? You there, Sheriff? Stephen's voice crackled through the radio of my patrol car. I've been sitting outside the IHOP, chewing away at a plate of bacon, eggs, and flapjacks. My thermos full of hot, fresh coffee. I finished chewing and reached over to my walkie. I'm here. What's going on? I took a swig of my coffee and awaited his response. After a moment of silence, I hit the button to radio again when Stephen cut me off. It's a Burton farm, Ryan. Something about a home intrusion. His voice sounded puzzled, and I understood why. Home intrusions were a fantasy in Brightwood. 
Nearly every home housing some kind of firearm. I sniffled and wiped the coffee off my mustache with a napkin. You sending Brandon? I asked as I turned the key in the ignition and flipped the switch to turn on my flashing lights. He's on the way, Sheriff, but uh, there's one more thing. Stephen was holding something back, and I could sense the unease in his voice. What's that? Spit it out, son. I don't have all day. I pulled out of the parking lot and turned on the siren. I was maybe a couple blocks from the Burton farm, and at this time of night I could get there without having to worry about other cars or pedestrians. When the sun set, everyone stayed indoors, no matter what. The voice. The person who called in. They said they did it. I swerved a bit to avoid a raccoon chewing on something in the middle of the road, and managed to spill hot coffee over my shirt. What did you say, Stephen? I don't think I heard you quite right. Did you say the perpetrator is the one who called it in? I mopped at the coffee stain with a napkin, cursing under my breath. Fuck. It was going to be a long night. Fuck. That's right, sir. I looked at the radio in silence, not really sure how to respond. This was definitely something that never happened in Brightwood. Rounding the corner, I could see Brandon's flashing red and blue lights illuminating the Burton farmhouse. The driver's side door to his patrol car was wide open. And so was the front door to the house. Goddamn rookie. I muttered as I pulled up alongside his car. The house was a two-floor ranch-style building, complete with a wraparound porch. The farm itself is where Brightwood got a majority of its produce, and the family was well-respected and liked by all residents of the town. All but one, anyway. I grunted as I pulled myself out of the car, heaving up my belt as I stood up straight. Reaching back in... I plucked my sheriff's hat from the dash and planted it on my head. I checked to make sure my revolver was safely tucked away in my belt harness, then slowly proceeded up the path to the house. It was a chilly night, but something in the air felt wrong. I glanced around me, taking in the nearby barn and farmyard, and its lack of animals. In the distance, I could see the emerald darkness of the pine trees of the Brightwood Forest lining the south side of the farm. The pine needles seemed to glow in the moonlight. My hand drifted to the holster on my hip, and the red flags in my brain started to flare up. Something wasn't right. It was too quiet. No hooting of owls, no forced critters scrounging for food. Not even crickets. I flipped up the strap of the holster and rested my finger on the handle of the gun as I approached the porch. There, sparkling in the flash of the red and blue lights, was a trail of crimson blood leading into the house. It pooled and stained the wooden porch, and droplets of the ichor dripped down the wooden steps and onto the dirt path. The hairs on my neck stood on end at the scene, and I pulled the gun fully out of its holster. It was probably the first time in years I'd ever had to draw it. If only I could have stayed that way. Carefully, I stepped around the blackening pools and up onto the porch. I couldn't hear any movement inside, and from my viewpoint... I could see the trail of blood leading off to the right. Slowly, clutching my gun in both hands, I crept into the house. No lights were on, and the only light was that of the cars outside. Using my left hand, I reached to the left side of my belt and pulled out a long flashlight. The smell was intense and almost nauseating. The blood seeped into every wooden surface I could see. The coppery scent of death was one that I was familiar with, but never within a home. The trail led through a well-furnished living room, 
and into an area that looked like a dining room. I shone my light up the stairs leading to the next floor and saw nothing but family photos and carpeted floor. I stepped carefully, avoiding the blood as much as I could, as I approached its source. My hands were sweating, and the grip I had on the gun was loose. I tried to readjust my grip, noticing then that I was shaking. The light of the flashlight was jerking at odd angles across the walls and floor. As I advanced into the dining room, my heart sank. Every inch, every corner, every goddamn surface was coated in blood. There, laying sprawled out on the dining table, was Brandon. His dead eyes shone in the beam of my flashlight, and his head was angled back to look at me as he lay flat on the table. His throat was ripped apart so deeply that his head clung on with only a few strands of tendons and nerves. His chest and stomach were torn open like a Thanksgiving turkey. His organs and flesh ripped apart and thrown around the room. I stumbled back, slipping slightly in the blood as I stifled a gag. I reached up with my left hand to radio into the station. When the sound of movement upstairs caught my attention, I wasn't alone in the house, and maybe there was time to save the Burtons. Glancing one last time at Brandon, muttering a silent prayer for the boy, I turned back the way I came. There was no point avoiding the blood now. It coated my shoes and there wasn't time to waste. I came back to the entrance and turned to face the stairs. My flashlight traced over something dark and hairy as it shone over the second floor landing. I blinked, startled and not sure if I was seeing things. Did the Burtons have a dog? As I slowly climbed the steps, my mind went back to the stories I was told as a child. Those horrible stories of the demon that would snatch me away if I misbehaved or stayed out too late. As I grew older, I just assumed the beast was a large grizzly or maybe a pack of wolves. There couldn't be a demon lurking in the woods. Could there? At the top of the stairs, I paused and shone my flashlight down the hall towards where the black figure had run. The hall was long and narrow leading to three doors, one on the left, one on the right, and one straight ahead. I could see smeared bloody handprints dragging from the room on the left. A few of the pictures that hung on that wall were tilted, some having fallen and shattered on the floor. I could strangely feel the beating of my heart pounding through my entire body, the blood pumping and coursing through my veins as my adrenaline spiked. I looked back the other way, to the right, and saw a shorter hallway, with two doors on either side. These doors were closed, and there seemed to be no disturbance on that side. Taking in a deep, quiet breath, I moved into the longer hallway, being careful to avoid the broken glass that littered the floor. My shoes left bloody footprints on the carpet behind me. As I approached the door on the left, I could hear what sounded like grunting coming from the door straight ahead. That door was closed and seemed perfectly normal compared to the other two in the hall. Gathering my courage, I quickly swooped around the corner, gun aimed and surveyed the room on the left. The scene was that of a nightmare. Tattered drapes, broken furniture, and blood. So much blood. 
The room seemed to have belonged to a child, possibly two. There was a bunk bed that lay in a crumpled heap against the far wall. The window curtains were torn and shredded, flapping in the breeze coming through the open window. I could see parts of a body, or bodies, thrown about the room. I swallowed back vomit as I saw the arm dangling from the ceiling fan. The fan was moving slowly, and the hand waved at me in an endless loop. Blood dripped from the tips of its fingers. As I was about to step back into the hallway, I felt a gush of air fly behind me, and I felt the brush of fur caress my back. An unnerving shudder slithered up my back as I turned around quickly, trying to catch sight of whatever it was. I could hear a door at the other end of the hall slam, and a door that was once closed was now wide open. I could see even from the hall that this room was much like the previous one. Blood coated the walls and floor like a sticky, runny paint. I could see two pairs of feet at the edge of the bed. The feet weren't attached to any legs. I turned my attention away from the gruesome scene and peered back down the hall. The door on the left at the far end was now open, and I could see a shadow of movement being cast along the hallway floor. The pounding of my heart was now so intense, I could hear nothing else. My ears rang with the beating, and the hand that was holding the gun was shaking so violently, I feared I would drop it. Gathering the ounce of courage I still had left, I launched myself down the hall, hoping to catch the perpetrator off guard. It would be better if I surprised him before he surprised me. I slammed into the doorframe and screamed, Freeze! Brightwood, pull! My voice wilted and died in my throat, standing before me, hunched over as to not smash through the ceiling, was a creature I had never seen before or even believed could exist. It was straight out of an awful nightmare, or from the deepest pit in hell. Its entire body was coated in thick black fur. It stood on two legs that resembled that of a wolf's or dog's. It had long muscular arms that ended in hands with five fingers. Each finger held a long black claw, each dripping in thick scarlet blood. It had turned to face me when I entered and its face. God, its face. It was sh shaped much like snakes, a rounded muzzle with two slots for a nose, a long thick forked tongue dangling from its maw, and rows and rows of razor sharp teeth smiled back at me. Its eyes were like cats, large and slim, and glowing a menacing green. It had no ears, or none I could see. For a moment long enough for my heart to produce one singular beat, we stared at one another, its claws sharp. My gun aimed. Then it launched at me, releasing a hissing-like yowl from its depths. The gun fired one stray bullet that launched into the far wall behind the thing, and then it was smacked out of my hand. I was rammed into the other door in the hall and felt my skull collide with the wood. I was dazed, my eyes spinning in my head as I tried to focus on the thing pinning me. I couldn't feel the floor under my feet and knew it had raised me into the air. I could smell its putrid breath 
A mixture of blood and flesh. The hot air poured over my face, and I struggled to breathe. voice like a million cats being torn to shreds. That was the thing that had called me here. It wanted to be seen, wanted to be believed, before it tore me apart. Before I could utter a response, I felt a piercing pain in my abdomen. Something spilled over my dangling shoes and I could hear a plop as something fell to the floor. Blood rose up my throat and spilled out of my lips. I could feel my lungs beginning to fill with blood. And the thing smiled. It dropped me like a sack of bricks, made its way back into the room it had been in. It smiled that awful grin one last time, and smashed to the window and out into the night. I lay, surrounded by my own blood and intestines. With every gasp for air came a mouthful of blood. All I could think of were the events leading up to this moment, leading up to my death. The IHOP, the call, the abandoned cruiser outside... Brandon's destroyed corpse, the dead children, their dead parents, and then me. Shakily, I reached with a trembling hand up to the walkie on my shoulder. I had to warn them, tell someone. The demon we had all been told stories about was real, and it wasn't going to stop killing until every last one of us was dead and rotting. Bullets won't stop it. Hell, I don't think anything can. It was unnatural. It was the solid form of pure evil. Clicking the button on the walkie, I choked on my blood as I tried to speak. Sheriff? What's happening? Are you okay? Stephen's concerned voice echoed out of the walkie. The energy was draining from my body, and I knew I didn't have much time to explain. Stephen would want to come over here, and would likely die like the rest of us. If I could just warn him, tell him to round up as many people as he can, and get the hell out of Dodge... Stephen! <clears throat> Run! I choked out, and my hand fell from the walkie. I looked out of the window that the creature smashed out of, seeing the distant, glistening stars above the trees of the Brightwood Forest. I was the only person alive to see the demon, but that wasn't going to be for much longer. The only thing I can hear is the sound of distant screams. <laughs> 